Hi everyone, welcome to the Women Wired for Wellness podcast presented by Holistic Icon. I'm your host, Dr. Nisha Shalom. You may be thinking, does the world need yet another podcast? As a physician in practice, I have been intrigued by the fact that despite our education, despite the abundance of information and advancements in a country like ours, women struggle for decades with troubling symptoms to seek help, or even when they seek help, suffer for years before they can get a resolution. It is my obsession to understand one, this culture, number two, understand how we can create health and move away from this preoccupation of diagnosing and managing disease. Therefore, one of my passions is to teach both my patients and people who come in contact with us as it helps me empower myself and them with the knowledge that our health is probably the one asset we all can control. This control begins with knowing all that has been known about it. It is not simply about knowing a disease and considering the right medications, which has been presented today as our only option, as it certainly might be the only option if we choose to do nothing different. But to truly live fulfilling lives, we need to know how to tap into our innate nature to heal. When it comes to health, there is a finish line and there is a timeline to get to it. We help you get there with a different way of thinking. If this podcast has helped you or opened your eyes to a different path, please take time to leave a positive review. And if you felt it fell short somehow, let us know how we can improve it. Let's get on to today's podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the 41st episode of Women Wide for Wellness. In this episode, we interview Dr. Carl Wong, who is one of our colleagues in the Wellness Coalition uh, that meets uh, once a month in um, Plymouth Canton, it's around Plymouth Canton and Novi practitioners. And I really love talking to Dr. Carl for a large number of reasons. He's a chiropractor who actually focuses on his, um, his businesses surrounding what he's trained to do. And he does a phenomenal job. In fact, my kids go to him for adjustments. So what is an adjustment? What's a chiropractic adjustment? Um, when should you not go to a chiropractor? When should you actually go to a chiropractor? Um, what is the result you should ex- uh, expect by going to a chiropractor? There's so much that we need to know. And the more you know, the less fear we have about these things. One of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast is I come from a traditional medical background and one of the trainings was never to send a patient to a chiropractor. We'd send patients to physical therapy, but we would never send a patient to a chiropractor because they cause more harm, quote unquote. But as I've branched out on my own, I realized chiropractic adjustments really help a boatload of conditions. It's not just simply about pain, it's actually a lot that they do. In fact, if you see Dr. Carl's history, he he started off with massage therapy, and the touch is one of the most um, profound and uh, very powerful tool to help people shift their energy. And really, I learned a lot out of this podcast, and I'm hoping with the questions I asked, you've learned a lot too. And as always, make sure you send us your questions or reach out to us if you have any clarifications and share this podcast with as many people as you would be able to, mostly with people who would be helped by this conversation. 
And once again, I don't want to get into the details of the conversation because you're going to be listening to it. So let's dive right on into the conversation with Dr. Kyle about adjustment for life. And hopefully people will begin to see us by now. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Chalam from Holistic and Integrative Center of Novi. Today, we have a special guest, and we always have the love when we have guests in-house. We have with us Dr. Kyle, who runs Michigan Family Wellness in Canton, correct? It's in yes. Canton? Yes. And it's a, really a great place. Um, if you go into his office, it's a lot of space. It's got a very, um, it's, it's actually got a very healing feel. Thank you. Yeah, and you, uh, we, it's a place where a lot of the um, uh, healers from in and around Canton and Plymouth and Novi actually gather mm-hmm. once a month, Absolutely. right? Or yeah. more, more times, I'm sure. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons I wanted to talk to a chiropractor, this is I probably, you're my second chiropractor I've been spo- uh, talking to in this podcast. You're one of the chiropractors I've noticed actually practices what you went to school for. Correct. And uh, a lot of people deviate and start going into other uh, mm-hmm. modalities of care. And what I really like about it is, number one, you practice what you were trained for. And secondly, you're very, the way you actually educate people is mm-hmm. something that I find very fascinating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I would say a great thanks to your patients too, who allow those videos to be shown because it helps people understand how much of a difference it makes to get adjustments, Mm -hmm. right? So what I'm going to start off by asking, which I ask every um, guest of ours, is how did you get, did you get to decide after high school, I want to be a chiropractor? Were you interested in sports or is it just something that, you know, happened by chance? Was this planned or chance? Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Dr. Chellum. It's just an honor to be with you here on the platform in the podcast. Um, so yeah, I actually got into chiropractic through massage therapy originally. So oh. I love working with my hands and using my hands on the human body. And so I had done a massage therapy certification mm-hmm. through the Ann Arbor School at the time and then worked as a Michigan massage therapist for a few years. Yeah. And then from there, mm-hmm. actually went into chiropractic after doing a lot of soft tissue work. And what really surprised me was when I first got to chiropractic college, we had to palpate the spine and actually use our hands. Yeah. In fact, the word chiropractic, chiro and practic is, you know, chiro means hand. Okay. Practice is you know, practice, practice with your hands. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're using your hands. Mm-hmm. And I was just appalled, honestly, at how tentative people were to actually you know, putting their hands on, you know, someone's back or their spine. Uh, and I was like, let's just go ahead and get in yeah. there, you know, let's just start doing this. So yeah, that's kind of my short story into chiropractic and uh, I've loved it ever since. Okay. So when, uh, I, I know you started your practice, I think we met what, two years ago? A couple of years ago. A yeah. couple of years ago. And you had just started your practice. Um Explain to me, I, I, when we first met, you said you were more in the neuro, uh, chiro field, well, I guess neurology more. Sure. So as, what yeah. is that? Yeah. As a chiropractor, I like the whole field of neuroendocrine immunology. And mm-hmm. I really think that relates to chiropractic care and chiropractic adjustments. Okay. Because the way that the brain communicates with the rest of the body 
is through that spinal system. Uh, the 24 vertebrae, our central nervous system, is mainly what we're impacting when we perform okay. the artful spinal adjustment. Okay. So what is, like, if somebody were to look at the signs of the chiropractic care, where would they go looking for the signs? Is this something that we can find in a, like, for instance, when I talk about yoga, I ask them to go to the International Journal of Yoga. There are a lot of studies up there. Is there something that's specific for chiropractic care? There's two main big ones. Mm -hmm. I like the American Chiropractic Association. There's also the International Chiropractic okay. Association. Uh, both of them are great. But in terms of just real solid research, uh, Harvard Health, Johns Hopkins University, mm -hmm. both endorse chiropractic, even just by going to PubMed. Maybe not all of your listeners are going on to PubMed and yeah. looking at you know journal articles, but there's a lot of great information on chiropractic out there. At the same time, just like any other profession, there's a lot of misinformation, misinformation. right? There's not the best information out there. So Again, be discerning on your sources, and, and I would recommend that people read your emails and look at your videos and content as a source of really good information. Oh, thank you. So when you look at also uh, somebody who has never heard of a chiropractor, how would you define a chiropractor to them? I'll just give you the definition from Johns Hopkins. If All you know right. Uh, I thought Let's this go was really it. good. I looked this up this morning. Yeah. So this is right from Johns Hopkins Medicine, uh, chi chiropractic medicine. Chiropractic is based on the link mm -hmm. between the alignment of the spine and the function of the body. And what we're seeing these days, Doc, is that Let's take, for example, kids that are being delivered uh, via cesarean section. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I'm glad that we have these methods of delivery. I'm glad that yeah. we can save the life of the baby, of the mother. Those are incredible, you know, versus mm -hmm. a couple hundred years ago where there were unfortunately deaths in those situations, right? right? right. On both sides. Uh, but mm -hmm. the problem is, and you, and you know about this mm -hmm. from your work with the microbiome, but then structurally with yes. the neck, when you have a delivering physician that's pulling on the cervical spine of a baby, yeah. you can create a lot of neurologic compromise from that quote unquote traumatic birth event. Mm. So that's just one example, but that's the whole idea of chiropractic care, chiropractic medicine. I don't like how the literature doc def uh, uses the term manipulation. Yeah. So when you read a lot of the scientific literature, They'll talk about the chiropractic manipulation, spinal mani manipulative therapy, things like that. Honestly, who likes to be manipulated? Right. You know, I think no one likes to be manipulated, both literally and figuratively. <laughs> so I prefer the term adjustment, adjustment, which has been what it is you know, yeah. since the dawn of the founding of the profession, if you will. And yeah, just to clarify that distinction, uh, I think is important. So how would you differentiate what do you do from what an osteopathic doctor does? Yes. Yeah, great question. So going back to that whole difference between a manipulation and mm -hmm. an adjustment. So mm -hmm. a physical therapist, a doctor of physical mm -hmm. therapy now these days, mm -hmm. or even an osteopathic doc will primarily focus on joint manipulations, mm -hmm. if you will. So take the shoulder, for example. Yes. You know, you learn about grade one through grade four manipulation. Mm -hmm. So taking that shoulder through... Uh, various degrees of range of motion. Mm -hmm. Now, the difference between what they're doing and a licensed chiropractor is doing, ideally, is taking that joint, take, say, the shoulder, for example, or even the spine, into what's called that periphysiological space, mm -hmm. that paraphysiological space, which 
then with a lot of synovial joints, we'll get a cavitation or you'll get an audible release. So what is a paraphysiological mm-hmm. space? It's basically the, the range of motion okay. that is beyond what someone could do actively. Uh-huh. It's beyond what someone could do passively. Okay. So I'm, I might be able to abduct my arm all the way out here. Yeah. And then if I let someone pull my arm even further, it can uh-huh. go even like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then if I have a chiropractor work on it, you might even be able to get more range of motion. Uh, and that has a neurologic effect now because now we're affecting the muscle spindle fibers. We're affecting the Golgi tendon organs. And we're having a deep and profound impact on that central nervous system. Okay. And that that's just in the case of the shoulder. We can apply this to the spine. We can apply this to the hip, uh, the knee, the ankle, any joint in the body. So basically, um, when a chiropractor works with you, the mobility of the joint changes. Correct. Is, which means a lot of gymnasts would really benefit from this. Absolutely, yeah. Right? Gymnasts, anyone uh, who's wants to improve their flexibility. Flexibility. So my yoga mobility. asanas would be better if I come to you. Basically. Ex- exactly. Yes. Right? And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes people have. I'll have patients that come into the office that have actually. There's a lot of flexion in mm-hmm. some of the yoga poses. Mm-hmm. You know, downward dog, right. things of that nature. Right. And some patients, if they have a disc herniation starting to form, yeah. or if they're at risk for any kind of a discogenic spondylosis type of presentation, yeah. that flexion will really push that disc material, that nucleus pulposus, all that an- annulus fibrosis, mm-hmm. it'll force it posterior, mm-hmm. creating that disc herniation. And now they've you know injured themselves, unfortunately, during their yoga class. Very common. Uh, mm-hmm. happens all the time. Yeah. And so then as a chiropractor, we're trying to restore the integrity of that nucleus pulposus and the annulus fibrosis, work that disc material back in between the vertebrae and prevent the need for spinal surgery, which right. if you look at the research, you're probably going to be as you feel the same yes. post-surgery or possibly even be worse. Actually, the uh, spinal mm-hmm. surgery should be a whole different podcast because I remember when I first... Yeah. Went to medical school, nobody touched the back. Mm-hmm. You never had surgery unless it was an acute fracture sure. or like, you know, you had a metastatic lesion to mm-hmm. the spine. Now, as time has gone by, everybody's getting back surgery for something mm-hmm. or the other. And they believe there's something broken that the surgeon needs to fix. And the problem is every two years, if your surgeon has to fix, either he's not a good surgeon or you don't have, you have a terrible back, you know, right. but it's neither of those are right. It's actually your back does not need surgery all the time. Right. And a lot of times they should consider other um, options. Now, this is where we come into this um, uh, portion of who would actually benefit even before we get into who gets to benefit Mm -hmm. let me ask you this how do you evaluate a patient and say hey you will actually benefit from a chiropractic care how does how how should the conversation initial conversation go with a chiropractor this is a great question we were talking about this Mm -hmm. in our pre-chat as chiropractors were highly trained to recognize the quote-unquote red flags right so you have to be aware that someone could be presenting with low back pain, but it could be caused by a condition such as multiple myeloma, for example, which is a form of bone cancer. So that's not a good situation to be adjusting patients like that, or like we said earlier Mm -hmm. to, God forbid, an abdominal aortic aneurysm. Mm -hmm. So not to overbear people with shop talk, but you know, there's lots of things that can cause low back pain. There's lots of things that can cause neck pain. 
Again, those are the red flags. It's not like multiple myeloma is walking into my office yeah. every day. Every, every day or so, every back pain is a multiple myeloma. Exactly. It's not true. Yeah. So you have to take a thorough health history. You have to really connect with people, listen to what's going on. You have to be mindful of those clinical red flags. You have to be thorough with your physical exam. And if necessary, you need to do imaging studies. I'll tell people all the time, the reason that we have our new patient exam is to make sure that it is okay to adjust you, that there are no contraindications. Got it. So let me ask you this. From a patient standpoint, I, I say I hate going to doctors, but I have this back pain. Is there anything that I need to know about my back pain that will say, hey, you know what, you don't, you shouldn't be going to the chiropractor, but you should be going to your doctor first, getting imaging studies. What are the things that from a chiropractor standpoint is a red flag? If you're experiencing significant changes to your weight, if you have any other changes in temperature, mm -hmm. signs of the immune system come to mind, any cardiovascular changes uh, recently, or even if you're currently under uh, a model of care with some pharmaceutical medications mm -hmm. and then you're having this back pain, that would be an indication to me where, hey, let's get this checked out. Let's look at this a little deeper before we just lay you on the table and start Adjusting. moving things around and doing this kind of care. Especially if someone's never been adjusted before, I'm mm -hmm. very cautious with that. For people who have had care previously, you know, we tend to think that they're used to think how things go and, and they can kind of handle it a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, even the kidneys, I mean, flank pain, like mm -hmm. that can be a major cause of low back pain as well. And although the musculoskeletal component of that is a big deal and very common, it's not always the case. You know, that's very true because I remember having a veteran when I used to work at the VA, he had this chronic back pain and mm -hmm. he would point specifically to the flank area yes. and you could see paraspinal spasm in mm -hmm. that area and you couldn't flex and we send him for physical therapy. And then when he came back again, I said, you know, that's crazy. You've had all these weeks of physical therapy and you still have the spasm so how about i just do an ultrasound or an x-ray something i did and it was the, like a huge kidney mass i still right. remember that that was yeah. sitting on the retroperitoneal area and mm -hmm. actually causing the back pain so it's extremely difficult um so I feel like sometimes the patients need to be able to define their back pain. A lot of times patients walk into a doctor's office saying, I have back pain, adjust me mm -hmm. to a chiropractor. Or to me, I just have back pain. Can you give me some medicine? I think one of the things we need to start doing as a consumer also, because we're also consumers, is define, hey, when did this begin? Sure. Is there a reason? Was there a trigger that caused off yep. your back pain? And a lot mm -hmm. of people don't have trigger. Okay. You know, they... They didn't do anything different, but they wake up with a back pain, yep. right? Mm -hmm. And usually in those instances, there's something beyond the back mm -hmm. that you need to look for. Absolutely. And um, I think I, I talk about my own journey to go and see a chiropractor is I had neck pain for the longest time. Mm -hmm. And as a physician, I feel very... Um, we are kind of trained to be very stoic about our health issues. So I would not go to a doctor, obviously. And I remember trying to do traction on my own, do warm mm -hmm. compresses. And then one morning when I woke up, I had could not move. I just could not walk. And somebody had spoken to me about a chiropractor 
for their auto accidents, like okay. the auto injury. They do Absolutely. a lot of the chiropractic adjustments. So I remember calling the office and when I went there, I was, I mean, literally my husband had to carry me and, and when he adjusted, I was able to walk out. And that started my health journey where I started asking questions. Why am I having this back pain? Why am I having this neck pain? We did blood work and realized I had Hashimoto's. Mm -hmm. But when I got all of that set, I've not had back pain or neck pain. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what I understood is sometimes this back pain could be a, a symptom of an internal organ dysfunction. Correct. Is that right? Correct. Yep. So it, would you say with every section, like if you have a thoracic, you have to look at your heart and lungs? Or? Absolutely. Okay. So it's something mm -hmm. that you would recommend if somebody comes specifically with a localized area? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the way that I try to articulate this here is this idea of a viscerosomatic reflex or okay. an internal to a spinal okay. communication pathway, which is bidirectional. Okay. So not only can your back, mm -hmm. if you have an injury to your back, God forbid you get in a car accident, mm -hmm. you have whiplash, mm -hmm. okay? That trauma to your neck can then create aberrant reflexes that mm -hmm. go to your thyroid, that go to your vagus nerve, which mm -hmm. innervates your sinus atrial node in your heart, all sorts of mechanisms like that, mm -hmm. okay? So that's one, that's one direction. Also, if you have gut inflammation, let's just Close take the back. gut, for example, mm -hmm. very common. The gut can cause low back inflammation because the gut is so inflamed and that can manifest itself as low back pain as well. Yeah. The other thing that I would love your listeners to be mindful of is the emotional connection here as well. Mm -hmm. So you talked about how there's all sorts of different things that can cause our musculoskeletal system to not work properly. And one of those things is gosh, you lose your job mm. or you have an argument with your spouse or God forbid you get a divorce. Um, these right. big emotional traumatic events, a lot of us store that yep. frustration. They store that anger, uh, the loss of a loved one, uh, a death. They store that into their tissues, into their spine. And doc, I'm sure you've experienced this as well. When you're working with a patient, someone will burst out into laughter mm. after I adjust them. They'll get really angry all of a sudden for no apparent reason, or even they'll just burst out in tears because mm -hmm. that emotion is being released from their system. So that's another one that we had another podcast. We called it uh, the tension myositis syndrome mm -hmm. where Dr. John Serrano, he, he was a rehab doc and he would see a lot of these back pain issues. And he realized a lot of it was an emotional, he called it the rage. Sure. And if you have a lot of hidden range, rage, you would have a lot of uh, sympathetic overdrive yeah. and muscle spasm. Mm -hmm. So in a, um, the commonest reasons people go to a chiropractor is for pain and adjustment. Mm -hmm. But give us the five reasons why somebody should go to a chiropractor. Sure. We happen to have that right, right. here. Okay. So I'll just kind of go off the script so I don't yeah. say anything. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So pain reduction, like you said is the number one reason why people seek out chiropractic care. Headaches are the number two reason, mm -hmm. uh, with the most common types of headaches being tension headaches and migraines. migraines yeah. And so the cervicogenic component of that cervical spine adjustment is very helpful for releasing dural tension and muscular tension associated with those headaches. The third reason is just quality of life. Uh, doc, I mean, we're talking about wellness care, lifestyle care, all the things that you promote. Right. Just by having your spinal joints moving, that motion is going to decrease that 
chronic nociceptive afferentation, which propagates pain. Uh, the fourth reason is they don't want to use medications, right. you know, so they don't want to be on opioids. They don't want to be on even just over-the-counter NSAIDs. Yeah. Know, people don't want to be taking right. ibuprofen. They shouldn't um, be taking actually long-term. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then performance. So athletic performance. I think your son's an athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to get adjusted for my own athletic training. Yes. And I think all, every NFL team, every professional sports team, the NBA, all these, uh, the MLB, they have physical therapists, they have massage therapists, they have chiropractors as part of their holistic team because they want that competitive edge and they right. know that chiropractic delivers in that arena. Right, right. And you know, this is, uh, people think it would be something like a new profession. Actually, it has been traditionally present. Now, I remember as a child when any of my aunts were pregnant, during their pregnancy, they get mm. a lot of massage. They get a lot of, even after the pregnancy, after they mm-hmm. deliver, they get adjustments, mm-hmm. but it's done by like, I guess they call them the doulas here. Okay. Mm-hmm. But there's somebody who actually takes care of the woman mm-hmm. who is carrying the baby and, um, and caring for her after the baby is born. Mm-hmm. So it's a, there's a lot of oil massage that goes through mm-hmm. and really helps the woman recover from the, um, I don't, I don't want to say it as trauma of delivery. <laughs> <laughs> but sure. it's almost like the journey of being pregnant mm-hmm. and um, having uh, given birth to another human being. I think that's pretty, um, what do you call, traumatic for both mm-hmm. the baby and the mother. Mm-hmm. I've never seen adjustment of a baby till I came into this country. And now I see newborns getting adjusted, yes. right? Now, do you do do you recommend that for uh, vaginal and cesarean? It's like all newborns probably need adjustment. I would say if you're having concerns, Mm -hmm. uh, whether it be colic or whether it be some kind of neurologic observation where the eyes are not tracking well, or even if their immune system is just fired up, chiropractic care for a baby, for a young child, Mm -hmm. fantastic. There's Mm -hmm. really not a whole lot that chiropractic is going to mess up, if you will, especially if the doc is doing things properly. Again, the changes, the the differences between a spine that's 32 years old mm-hmm. and a spine that's moments old are significant. And yeah. Also yeah. on the other end of that spectrum, I'm not adjusting our geriatric patients the same way that I'm adjusting our Correct. pediatric patients, right? Correct. So you have to tailor your technique to be able to work with those individuals in those cases. You know, that being said, I think the um, International Pediatric Chiropractic Association has wonderful educational materials. They license people all the time with their techniques. Webster technique for pregnancy is uh, very well known in mm-hmm. the natural uh, circles, if you will, mm-hmm. with like Bradley method and Lamaze and mm-hmm. hypnobirthing and all those types of things. But yeah, I'm definitely pro chiropractic and an advocate for pregnant mothers utilizing chiropractic care during their pregnancy, postpartum, and then having their kids checked out with whatever context, whether it was a natural birth or it was a cesarean section, all that can be very beneficial. The other thing I've also noticed that you talk a lot about is fatigue and chiropractic mm-hmm. care. How does how do they two connect? I know you said immunology, endocrine, yeah. neurology, but how, how does that connect? So something I like to think of is, and I'm stealing this from another doc that came and did a presentation mm-hmm. here in Plymouth recently, So this whole idea of our bodies being polar Mm -hmm. and gooey, and I love that statement. So let me just try to break that Mm -hmm. down and describe that. So 
this whole idea of being polar, our bodies are electrical, mm-hmm. right? So yes, we, that's true. Right. Yeah. So we have to have the depolarization of the neurons, mm-hmm. you know, for me to move my arm. And my autonomic nervous system has to tell my digestive system and my breathing what to do, mm-hmm. like automatically, right? Yes. And so those are all communication pathways that depend upon the central nervous system. And if we're not, if our bodies are not electrical, and if those pathways of communication are not open, it's kind of like having a low signal on your cell phone or having a low connection to your Wi-Fi mm-hmm. router or something. I tell people all the time that chiropractors are the electricians of the body. Mm-hmm. So if you go to your your circuit breaker at home, your breaker box, you know, and you blew a fuse or something, you know, what do you do? Well, you flip the fuse mm-hmm. box back on and, you know, the lights come back on or you can turn your computer back on again or whatever it might be. So as a chiropractor, I'm assessing all 24 vertebrae, which is a whole nother discussion in itself. Yeah. Um, I, I like to perform a full spine adjustment. You know, mm-hmm. Some docs, they only do the low back. Some docs, they only do the neck. I think that you can significantly help so many other systems of the body when you do that full spine adjustment. And right. so that's what we do. And we restore that neurologic connection so that their brain can communicate better with their body. So I'm totally in agreement, mainly because I don't think the body can be separated into your cervical, thoracic, lumbar. That's more for education and compartmentalization of the different functions of the organ. Mm -hmm. But when one is out of alignment, the whole place is out of alignment. That's that's the way I look at Mm -hmm. it. I always tell people... If you have, a, I love it when patients come and say, you know, I don't have any medical problems. I just have a stent in my heart. And I'm like, that's a huge, that's yeah. your circulation. And right. that circulation is in every aspect of your Absolutely. body. If you have a problem there, you have a problem in every aspect of your body. How mm-hmm. do we address that? Right. So I think the, um, the part where when somebody comes to you, so when you adjust the back, how does it actually impact the fatigue? Is, is it just, again, the uh, paraphysiological area mm-hmm. somehow? Yeah. So typically, just to go back to our example of the electrician metaphor, if you will, yeah. when you're not able to send the proper signals, mm-hmm. whether that be t- to the low back for digestion mm-hmm. or even lumbar spinal motion, our, our gait cycle is heavily involved with lumbar rotation as well. You may not notice it, but you're, you're going to be fatigued because you're not moving properly. Your, your body is going to have to use so much more energy to break down the food that you're trying to move through your colon or to even walk around the block if you're trying to go for a walk. And some of that may manifest itself, like we talked about, those C fibers, the mm-hmm. chronic nociceptive affrontation. So if you have that chronic pain, the brain can only handle a certain amount of continual stimulus of pain, right? Eventually, it's going to either try and downregulate as much as possible or just give up. And so. Okay. So when you're adjusting, you're actually helping the nerve signals to get a little stronger and your energy comes back because everything is working a little more. It's the charge goes up. Am I yeah. understanding that right? Yep. The efficiency yeah. of communication is restored and you, your body functions better without having that draining um, structural problem, if you will. And have they noticed it through either a spec scan or PET scan? Have they shown some changes? That's a great question. So this is where I like to get into a little bit of shop talk and yeah. forgive myself and your listeners if it's been too much already, but... 
So have you heard of the periaqueductal gray area, yeah. the PAG of yeah. the spinal cord? So just explain it to right. people what that is. It's, the, well, yeah. it's a descending inhibitory pathway. The whole idea is that if you can if you can activate this part of the spinal cord, the PAG, then you've hit um, pain reduction goldmine, okay? So let me put it, I'm going to try and explain it simply. So aqueductal is like, so in every aspect of our body, there's a drain system. Mm -hmm. And the aqueducts actually drain our cerebrospinal fluid. The peri should be uh, surrounding it. Mm -hmm. Gray is the actual neurons. So you're doing something to enhance the flow of the spinal fluid by the adjustment. There is that. Mm -hmm. There's one more thing. Okay. What and is so it? that is when you, let's take that spinal adjustment. When you cavitate, when you artfully adjust the spine and when it's done properly, okay? Because there's a difference between just making yeah. noise out of someone's spine and then actually giving someone a good adjustment. Okay. Uh, some people may not understand that, but I guarantee you there's a difference. Yeah. So let's go ahead with the ideal, right? Mm-hmm. So when you have that ideal adjustment, what happens is there is a release, an endogenous release. So mm. your own body is releasing mm. a neurotransmitter, mm. and that neurotransmitter is called GABA. Okay, and yes. And that is released from mm-hmm. the dorsal root ganglion of the spine. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not someone giving you a pill or a drug, mm-hmm. okay, and it's not someone cutting you open. It's Dr. Chellum healing Dr. Chellum. Yeah. Yeah. And the difference. And so it's just having someone, a chiropractor, help their patient or their person heal themselves. Okay. And sometimes people just need a little help getting out of their own way. Right. uh, Metaphorically speaking. Because in medicine, what they find is sleep during sleep, your brain actually shrinks Mm -hmm. and all of the pathways that goes into the aqueduct actually Mm -hmm. become a little more wider so the fluid can take with it all the inflammation that has accumulated over a period of time so working with a chiropractor when you have insomnia sounds like a great way to get this flow going and getting your sleep cycle reset too right so most new patients that come into the office it starts with a musculoskeletal chief complaint hey doc my low back hurts my neck hurts i have headaches Mm -hmm. Once we clear that out, which typically only takes about three or four adjustments, Mm -hmm. you know, case dependent, then we find out, hey, I can't sleep, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, and here's all the stuff going on in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I say, let's continue your care with maintenance and wellness care, Mm -hmm. but let's send you to Dr. Chellum so you can get some functional medicine work done. Right. Let's equip you with a a counselor or a therapist Mm -hmm. or someone to talk through with some verbal therapy because you clearly need it. Uh, and I, and I tell them, I'm not the person to talk to. Like you often have people spilling their life story, yeah, which you got to be able to hold them there with it, but you got to tell them, Hey, I'm I don't know how trained. to resolve yeah, it. I, yes. I'm not trained or equipped to, yeah. you know, advise you or to, you know, handle this kind of mental health care. Right. And which is another very important principle of healing or creation of health. When you have a disease process, it's not one thing that went wrong. It's a series of things that went wrong. So when you try to fix it, it's a series of things you have to do in order to get back your health. And I cannot emphasize that enough because every 
every patient comes, I want this one adjustment, I want this one pill, and I want this one surgery and my life will be good. I think the only one surgery that your life will be good is plastic surgery. You fix your nose, you can straighten your nose, you're done. But I think in general, when it comes to creation of health, you need to throw the, like they say, the kitchen sink at people Mm -hmm. and figure out what it takes to get them to heal. Can Can I share with you the most common thing that I see sometimes? Right. So job dissatisfaction. Absolutely. So it starts with job dissatisfaction. That actually happens to be the number one cause of low back pain. Yep. 70% so, of Americans are dissatisfied with yep. their jobs. Yep. So the job dissatisfaction leads to low back pain, mm-hmm. which then leads to a use of a medication. Right. So a painkiller. Right. So then someone's on that painkiller and they're depressed and they're not satisfied with their job, which leads to a depressive or an anxious case. Mm-hmm. And now they need a medication for their anxiety or their depression. depression. And then they become addicted with this downward spiral, which you see all the time. And then alcohol comes into play. And alcohol, yeah. Yep. So, and then, so now the problem, you know, several years down the road is this dependence upon the medication and the poor lifestyle choices that all go back to, hey, I'm not happy with my job. Yeah. And that's the hard part. Like when people are not happy, the change, the, uh, the ability to change is very hard mm-hmm. when you're not happy. Now I see this with the millennials. My kids are mm-hmm. 19 and 21. My daughter would ha- would have had three or four jobs in six months right. because she says, if I don't like the management, she finds another job, she moves. Sure. But of course, these are small jobs, right? Sure. You're working in a restaurant and other stuff. Right. But when it comes to big jobs, when you have a mortgage, when you have a car mm-hmm. and people feel, I don't think I can get this anywhere else. Right. I'm afraid to change. Right. And one of the things we start telling we have started telling people is when you feel dissatisfied, number one, you talk about your problem once. That's it. You talk about the problem once. After that, it's all going to be about solutions. Mm-hmm. Find a solution. Either you work it out or you find a different route. Sure. And a lot of times people get stuck and they don't realize. And, and then one of the practitioners I remember said, we don't realize how much we all know how much we get paid but we don't realize how much it costs us Mm. and we pay with our time our health our sleep our family um our i mean pretty much once you lose your health everything is gone right so i think that's that's very important uh point and i'm so glad you brought that up because for me as a functional medical doctor i always find the first domino that fell in women Mm -hmm. is relationships the first domino that fell in men is their self-worth sure. when it comes to how happy they are mm-hmm. with their jobs. Mm-hmm. So since we know what a chiropractor would do best, let's talk about going to a real good chiropractor, because I'll tell you one of the things, and I, I think I mentioned it again before we started the podcast, about a chiropractor who had these little boots and right. people would just sit in line and would go and get adjusted. Mm-hmm. What is that? And so that that becomes like almost sure. like an assembly line. Yep. Oh, let's just adjust you. And is it useful? Why do people do that? Unfortunately, there's a model of care that's more slated towards a high volume mm-hmm. model of care where they're just trying to get people in and get people out as fast as they can uh, for a very economical rate. Okay. So. On the one hand, you know, I get what they're doing. I, I know they're trying to, you know, make a living and and help people. Yeah. I think 
perhaps in the, in the initial stages, but it's very difficult when you're adjusting 100 people, 200 people, 300 people a day. Yeah. It, it's very difficult to keep your soul, I would say, or, you know, and, and really sustain that long term. That is true. So. I, I mean, I, I think that's one of the reasons both medical doctors and chiropractors are um, kind of burning out. When you really look at um, chiropractors who do that, when they say they've seen 100 patients a day, mm-hmm. I cannot even imagine when a medical doctor says they, they saw 30 patients in their office. I am just, my mind just is blown. But even when I did my traditional medical practice with insurance, when I saw 12 patients a day, I was pooped because people come to us with a problem the problem is never in isolation it's it's really networked with their life and it's networked in the systems and we are taught when I was a part of an institution I was taught focusing on what is their main problem to you can address their 10 problems but those 10 problems are connected how do I not address so um, I think so when a person is looking for a chiropractor, they should not be looking for, hey, I have a $26, hundred adjustments by a guy. Or a Groupon. Yeah. <laughs> or a Groupon you know, coupon. That's yeah. not, this is like real medicine where you really want right. to take care of your nervous system, your exactly. immune system, your endocrine system, your signaling sure. in your body. Mm-hmm. So find a chiropractor who actually knows what they're doing or who, who loves what they're doing. Absolutely. I think that's really the key mm-hmm. in any kind of profession. So, what should a chiro? Who is a person a chiropractor should not adjust? I know we briefly spoke about abdominal aortic uh, aneurysm and multiple myeloma, but how does a chiropractor realize, or when should a consumer not get adjusted? That's a great question as well, Doctor Chalam. I would say one of the most common things that I also see, aside from the red flags that we talked about earlier, is a a tissue tension. Someone is just so tight mm. that they're going to be very resistant to any kind of manual care. And I really think this goes back to a deficiency in magnesium. Mm. And so, you know, a ton about magnesium. And I think that there's a major deficiency in our musculoskeletal system specifically. Our muscles get super tight and tense. We're not moving enough. And I've worked with some people where I'm doing everything that I've been trained to do and I'm even giving it some extra throttle mm. and we're not experiencing the results that we're looking for. Okay. And so again, if you, if you imagine a bell curve, mm-hmm. I would say most people, yeah, most people underneath that bell curve, they're fine, but there are some people where they're just so deficient in magnesium that they need to do some heavy Epsom salt baths mm-hmm. or they need to actually supplement internally mm-hmm. with what I like to use is magnesium bisglycinate. And that typically gets them back to a point where, hey, now we can work with their tissues because if someone's just as stiff as a brick wall, any no chiropractor is going to be able to uh, work with them in that context. So people who have these multiple back surgeries, they have an inherent stiffness, surgery. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and do you generally work with them? Can you adjust them at all? Or would you not recommend? What I tell people is we adjust around the surgery surgery. or the fusion, if you will. So Mm -hmm. if they've had a lumbar rods put in their lumbar spine, then we're going to work with their thoracolumbar junction. We're going to work in the thoracics and the cervical spine. We're just not going to 
make on things worse by trying to, you know, right. we can do some soft tissue work, we can do some low force techniques, but a traditional chiropractic, high velocity, low amplitude style adjustment is not going to be the, the best context for someone with a spinal fusion or spinal surgery. Uh, another thing to answer your question, if anyone has what's called caudi equina syndrome, mm -hmm. or they can't control their going to the bathroom, going number one, number two, is it, that, yeah. that's beyond the, the help of a chiropractor there. So that's not one of those things, because we know now the nervous system can actually heal. It's just a much slower process. Yes. Does chiropractic care uh, enhance the healing journey, or can it, I mean, by just improving the signaling, can it help with the healing process? Yeah. People so, value their quality of life. Right. If you can do something for a person that helps them to take less of a pain medication or just to experience more joy in their life, palliative mm -hmm. care, mm -hmm. then by all means, I right. mean, that's, that's tremendously valuable. Um, but you, you have to be, you have to do that with integrity too. You just yes. don't want to be, you know, taking people's money and telling them that you're fixing a problem. You got to yeah. be, you got to say, Hey, I, I'm not going to fix your caudi equina syndrome. Like I'm, I'm mm -hmm. probably not going to restore your Good ability function. yeah, to control whatever we're mm -hmm. looking at here. But if we can help you have a better day, mm -hmm. then absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. So let's say um, they've been going to a chiropractor for a particular problem. At which point do they um, say, hey, this is not working? Again, case dependent. Most cases respond really well. Somewhere between that three to six visits range. Again, case dependent. Mm -hmm. I always tell people, I'm always very upfront. I'm always like, hey, if you feel the same as you did by the third adjustment mm. versus compared to the yeah. first time you saw me, that I'm like, hey, let's try something else. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to continue to receive compensation for a therapy that's clearly not getting them the results that they're looking for. Got it. So uh, again, when, so one is obviously you have to look for acute medical problems. Second one is if something is not improving, third complaint, which patients bring is I don't want to go to my chiropractor. He just keeps adjusting, adjusting, and there's no end to it. Sure. Is there an end to uh, yeah. chiropractic care or is this, I mean, like, People come to us forever, right? right? I mean, I I tell them, you go to your doctor for hypertension for the rest of your life. You never right. complain about it. Right. Um, and you're willing to take that medicine for the rest of your life. Never complain about it. So when, what would you say about that complaint that patients have? Mm -hmm. What are they missing in that education? So chiropractors that tell their patients they want to see them for twice a week for the rest of their life. To me, that is an unethical model okay. of care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be getting adjusted that frequently for the rest of your life. Okay. Now, in the initial stages, during the acute phase of care, by all means, see someone twice a week, three times a week, resolve their chief complaint. Once you resolve their chief complaint, in my office, wellness care, maintenance care, I recommend about once a month, mm -hmm. which is anywhere once from every four to six weeks. In the summer times when people are traveling and just schedules get busy, sometimes it's longer than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you, I mean, you know, somewhere between eight to 10 visits a year is completely reasonable and okay. quite affordable as it relates to musculoskeletal chiropractic care. Got it. So basically they could uh, have a membership with a chiropractic office, just get their adjustments, mm -hmm. you know, eight or 10, whatever is included sure. in it. And it actually helps with the energy flow yes. um, and the 
neuroendocrine immunological system. And I'm, we're all about creation of health. And these are all steps to create health. Mm-hmm. Like I tell people, if you started taking care of your sleep, your diet and your exercise in your teens, then in your 50s, you don't need to see a doctor like me. Yeah. Most people wait till, and when, even now, when I have consultations, they say, I I don't, I'm not that sick Mm -hmm. enough. That itself is a wrong statement. How sick do you want to get before you say, I want to do something different? Mm -hmm. So I think that this would be once you go over the acute phase, you get, you're able to maintain that, right? Do you do any blood tests? So I typically like to refer to someone Mm -hmm. like yourself, uh, functional medicine practice, Do I have an NPI number? Can I help someone get blood testing? I actually can't. That's the the way that uh, the structure is set up for chiropractors. If someone's telling me, hey, I'm having a hard time doing a comprehensive thyroid panel from my internist, from my endocrinologist, whoever it might be, you know, um, can you help me out or whatever? I can create a physician requisition for them to go do that blood testing. As a licensed chiropractor, I can't bill insurance for that. That's just all out of pocket, out of pocket, NHSAs yeah. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I focus on the musculoskeletal side of things, and I feel like that's our forte. And I like to support people with lifestyle, nutritional medicine, and I love doing that. So. Yeah, that's wellness. I'm, wellness is so much fun because people actually get better. Absolutely, and it's it's not like um, uh, they call it like diagnosis and adios. Sure where you diagnose somebody with a terrible condition and then you say there's nothing more to offer. We have Mm -hmm. always something to offer because we're creating health in many different ways rather than just managing disease. Managing disease is uh, a lot of fatigue both for the patient and for the doctor. Mm -hmm. So are there any um, advice that you would give to a patient who has never been to a chiropractor? How would they even begin to research a chiropractor. I, I always tell them, don't sure. go to a doctor because they're nice. Yeah. You need to go to a doctor because they're skilled and they have mm-hmm. a good network. They can get sure. what you need done for you. So yeah. what would your advice be? How would they start? Check out a few different practices, follow them on, whether it be a social media type context or if they have a website, a a video, a podcast, things like that. You can kind of get to know them from a distance. Yes. Uh, In terms of in person, a lot of offices do live events. So you can meet the doc at at an event. Mm -hmm. I actually offer complimentary consultations. So that's very good. I've had quite a few people just, you know, book online and just kind of a meet and greet little introduction. Say, hey, what do you like? What's this all about? Um, I would also recommend if someone has kids to consider having their kids uh, looked at and get adjusted like we were talking about too. Yes. In the same way that the central nervous system brain myelination mm-hmm. occurs in that 25, 26 years old kind right. of time frame, your musculoskeletal system. So skeletal maturity is at 25 as well. Mm-hmm. So that's when those growth plates are ossifying and everything's kind of yeah. cementing down, if you will. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, to have chiropractic care leading up to that is profound because after skeletal maturity, things kind of really set in. So all those bumps, bruises, and falls that kids have, you know, they respond really well to the care and then they don't have some of the trouble that a lot of adults have with their flexibility and mobility later on in life. In fact, I think it was very important to note that flexibility is a very good mark of good health. A lot of people who are not flexible, who have stiffness, tend to, Mm -hmm. I don't know, there's more inflammation that I find with them. 
So flexibility, if they can work with a chiropractor and do their own, it'll be awesome. Mm -hmm. So are there anything else? That, is there anything that I haven't asked you that I should have asked you? I think you've really covered it quite well, actually. All right. So, so I, I hopefully everybody's gotten. Let me see if there are any questions. I see a few people are on. Um, I don't know if there are any questions. So uh, the key thing, I guess, at this point is you go to a chiropractor, not when the pain happens. You can actually go there as a preventative measure to get an assessment. Correct. You can get a wellness maintenance. And since we all live stressful lives, no matter how much you want to uh, try and live well, getting adjusted will really help. But at the same time, it's good for them to get their blood test through a regular physician. Uh, when I say regular, um, allopathic physician who can actually mm -hmm. look into their body. Mm -hmm. And then if we can collaborate with the chiropractor and the medical Absolutely. doctor, I think the patient wins. Absolutely. And the patient has it's to all be about patient care. Absolutely. Good. And so tell us a little more about your practice and where can people find you? Sure. It's just the Michigan Family Wellness Clinic. Um, it's just all of our social media is Michigan Family Wellness. It's okay. michiganfamilywellness.com. And then we also have our own podcast, which you guys can listen to Dr. Shalom on, I believe it's episode 45. Oh, wow. Of okay. the Michigan Family Wellness Podcast. And where are you now? What episode are you on? 200? Oh gosh, not that high yet. Oh, I think okay. I'm somewhere in the early 60s right now. I've oh, kind of slowed down. Slow down yet. on that. Yeah, you, you started the podcast. I didn't even know what a podcast was when you started. You started very early in the podcast. It's I, I do that. Yeah, it's been good. Well, thank you so much actually for taking the time to come thank to our you. office. We, we yeah. always love it when the guests are here because it's more personal. You can you know freely ask a lot of questions. So thank you once again. And those of you who have a, um, followed this podcast, please make sure you share this with um, anybody who would be interested in knowing a little more about chiropractic care. And always shoot us some questions and we'll be happy to answer them. Take care, guys. We'll see you in two weeks. Already then, if you've listened to this podcast fully, I would like to hope you have gained some new knowledge, a different way of thinking, and have benefited from it. If so, would you please do me a favor and share this with your family and friends? I do, however, want to mention that nothing that is stated in this podcast or written in the show notes should be construed as medical advice. We would like you as an individual to seek your medical advice from your specific provider. Our goal has all along been to dig into some existing truths, try and make it simple, so we all have a better understanding of our options out there to live fulfilling lives. It may be also prudent for me to mention the obvious here that no doctor-patient relationship was ever formed. In closing, I am grateful that you joined us and please do not forget to leave a review or share this info. Signing off till next time, I'm your host, Dr. Nisha Chalam.